Welcome to The Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Dietzo Man Productions. And just people saying dumb comments of just like, well, he should do this for us and blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking like, you don't know what he had to go through to get to where he is. Because she made the comment, he drives these nice vehicles and blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you want to pay the price he paid to be able to drive a brand new Ford truck? I mean, come on, seriously. Um, It's not like we're talking about a Rolls Royce or anything. Yeah, yeah. And you can't even show up to work on time. (laughs) You know, you're not willing to stay late when it's hot outside. (laughs) You know, it's just all these things. People people want the finished product, but they don't want to go through the process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm recording. Yeah, that was a rough one. I'm getting a lot of good feedback on these, man. Are you? Yeah. Like what? A lot of people are watching them and listening to them. Huh. That's cool. What kind of feedback are you getting? Um, they like the banter. I think people like the unpolished stuff. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Not the... <laughs> Not the hey guys, what's happening today? Not that you do that. Live on Scott Townsend's podcast, we have Matt Clark. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, for real. Uh, we'll enjoy it. Good. I uh, last week I didn't even do my intro, my normal intro. I almost think I kind of like that. It just I jumped right into because you know I got Brittany saying, uh, "Welcome to the Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Diesel Man Productions." So why do I have to say that again? Yeah. Well, you know? if you listen to like the number one podcast out there, which is Joe Rogan's, they just talk. They're just like, are we live? Yeah, we're going, man. And then they just yeah. start talking. Yeah. So I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I kind of liked it last week. So I'm, I'm going to do that again this week. So I like the way you intro the last one, too. Oh, yeah. The, uh, what did you say? I can't remember now. It was... Uh... What was that? Anyway, I, I thought it was I thought it was cool. So yeah. And the graphic. The graphic was uh the graphic was like one of the last shots from the vid- from the video. Yeah. And you just happened to lean over like this for a second. And I was looking <laughs> for some kind of each week I try to do a different photo, you know, a graphic, uh, so they're not yeah. all the same and I thought about doing them all the same and no, I don't want to do that. So I was looking, 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 and I went to the very end and I don't know, just, I stopped for a second and I was like, Oh, wait a minute, back it up a little bit back. Yep. Yep. I was like, man, that almost looks like a cover to a jazz album or something. (laughs) Matt Clark sings the blues. Yeah. Anyway. So I thought. (laughs) Yesterday was pretty good graphic. Yesterday when we saw each other, I got to tell you, hold on. I got to answer Steve Burden real quick. Yeah. Boy, Steve. Yeah. Buttercup. Want me to call you. Tell him he's interrupting really important business. Well, he said he needed to talk to me about something pretty serious. So um, when we saw each other yesterday, when you were going into your work. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I appreciate this about you because um, let's just be honest third just because we see each other doesn't mean we have to have the small talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was just a wave and you kept going. And I felt that, uh, that tension of, do I go talk to him? And I just noticed you kept walking and I was just like, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> I don't have to listen to Townsend's bull crap. No, not even <laughs> that. It's just, I'm busy. You got to get to yeah. work. Yeah. We know we're good. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> this, this is the is last, it. this is it. The last chapter of Crazy Love by Francis Chan and uh, Matt Clark, uh, youth pastor and uh, all around great guy leading the men's group on Monday morning at the Outpost Coffee Shop in Bartlesville. I want to go into outposts a little bit later, uh, but right now, kind of follow, finishing up chapter 11. So he said there should be a lot of difference. What do you say? There should be a big difference in the next five years. Um, so what do you think he meant by that? I think if you apply the principles he's talking about, you know, like actually pursuing God, like if you, if you really make an effort to do that, there's going to be a definitive change in your life, how you are, what you say, how you respond. Um, I think a big one is, you know, just people will notice something different about you and you don't even have to say a word. Right. Um, which is kind of one of my goals in life is to just, I just want people to just, man, I really like him. I really want to, you know, I want my life to be better because he's in my life, you know, not that I think I'm anything important or anything big. I don't, but I want people to be better off after they meet me or know me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think Last, if, if I'm go pursuing ahead. God, if I, if I'm pursuing the things that, you know, I should be doing, you know, cause I'm not. I would say that you would probably feel the same way about your life. I'm nowhere near where I need to be, but if I'm making an effort, there's going to be a, a change in my life that draws people in. I know some, several guys, I think all the guys in the group, actually, uh, I don't know if I can say that or not, but a lot were, uh, admittedly, uh, some felt they were worse in the last five years than better. Um, yeah. And that's probably a lot of us. I know I was probably included in that. Not probably. I was included in that little. Do you need to call Steve real quick? No. Francis said something in uh, uh, page 176. This is just a sidebar. God decided to keep me on earth for another five years since writing Crazy Love. God decided to keep me on earth. Okay, so, <clears throat> I mean, I, I know we all have to die. But I always thought that God doesn't take you home. He, uh, you know, you hear preachers say God doesn't need to kill little children to plant his garden and he didn't cause this, you know, and didn't cause the car wreck. And 
blah, blah, blah. But then again, you'll hear other people say that God's called him home, her home. So, so does God decide, uh, you know, we're not guaranteed. Well, we all know that too. So does he decide when, here you go, your time, your number's up. Number 125, Matt Clark. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think he knows the day you're going to go, but. I don't think he's just like, I want him here at this time. I think we all have a life expectancy and, you know, or some of, some of them are shorter than others. And it's just what we do with that time that matters. Um, no, I don't think he, I mean, every, what are you, you've heard the old adage, every breath that you take is a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think he, I don't think, I don't think God calls you or causes you to die at a certain time. I think you just, your life is up. I don't think there's any formula is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So God decided to keep me on earth for another five years. I, I don't know if I agree with that or not. And like I said, that's just, this is just a sidebar. I just noticed it when I read through this last chapter, that one line. And well, think about it this way. It's yeah. just, it's more of a, it's more of a statement of just like, well, I got to, I got to live another five years. Yeah. You know, uh, he granted me another five years. So, I mean, that could be, uh, hopefully I get another 45, 50 years on this earth. You know, I don't think it's, uh, I think we should probably start looking at life as just like, I get to live life, not, Oh, you know, we tend to look at the negatives more than the positives, but it's just like, if you wake up, that's a huge blessing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we, we, I think every day is a choice to be happy, to be sad, to be, and that's tough because I, I don't always wake up. I know, I know you and I have the same personality profile, there are days when I wake up and it's just like, Ugh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do today. I can just tell today is off. And, but we have a choice to make in that moment of just like, Scott, let me ask you a question. Have you ever just, you've been having a rough day or you just didn't feel like getting started. And then you just, you talk to yourself and you say, all right, let's just go. Come on. Do you ever do that? Oh yeah, definitely. There's been it days helps. when you've just got to kick yourself in the butt and just, you know, just keep moving forward and uh, quit thinking about the stuff that brings you down. Think about the things that bring you up and just start working. And pretty soon things start ironing out. You know, it's like, it's like that little speed bump you're up against. And if you, you know, it's just a, it's a nominal little bump. Um, you know, you feel like you're <clears throat> give it a little gas and you get over the hump and pretty soon you're, you know, the day's going pretty good. Yeah, I have you know, days. I wish I was one of those people who is just, you know, I wake up and I'm just attacked the day, but it doesn't usually happen that way. Yeah. I have to motivate myself for it. But I'm reading this other book right now by uh, an ex-Marine. I can't remember his name, but it's oh, just like, you Goggins? Who? David Goggins. No, it's not Goggins. I, I've i read that book, but yeah. and that's a... <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. That, that Talk about another crazy. crazy book. Crazy Love, Crazy Marine. I mean, God. yeah. But he he's talking about, if I remember his name, I'll say it. But he's yeah. talking about in the book, it's just like, 
nobody feels like doing anything, but you are in control of what it is that you do. And so you can just, you know, nobody wants to wake up at five in the morning. Right. Tell yourself, just get up, do it. You know, nobody wants to work out. Like I didn't feel like working out this morning um, when my alarm went off, but I just told myself, cause again, I'm just reading this book. Did your alarm to, go off? 445. <laughs> yeah. That ain't a brag. That, no, that's tough, baby. That's tough. But it's just uh Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink, that's it. And so he's just like, you tell yourself, nobody like nobody wants to do this. Just tell yourself, I'm doing it. Yeah. And it's just like once you tell yourself, like, just do it. I love that guy. Yeah. I mean, I like the way those guys think. Mm-hmm. And there's something I was going to say, but I forgot. Um, if you can, oh, this is it. So most of us view life as just like we're looking at a huge painting, like, oh my gosh, there's so much. There's so much to do. But if we can just break it down in little pieces and just knock out little pieces, that's the way I'm trying to like live my life right now. It's just like I've got a lot going on. You know, my oldest son is graduating high school. We're trying to figure out a vehicle, trying to figure out college, trying to figure out this and that. You know, it can be overwhelming. But if I just do one little thing, I'm closer to getting the whole thing done. Right. I'm detailing a car. If I think about, I've got to do the tires, I got to wash the car, I got to vacuum the carpet, I got to do that. If I think that far ahead, I get really overwhelmed. But if I just start with, all right, I got to clean the tire and then I got to clean the other tire. If I don't go beyond that, I get it done. And every time, every single time I wash a car, detail a car, when I'm done with it, I always have the, okay, I'm done. Oh, I thought I had more to do. And I think if we could live our lives that way, it would be so much easier because it's just like, just, okay, I've got to wake up. I got to brush my teeth. All right. I got to find some clothes if I didn't lay them out the night before, which is all that's a big piece of advice. I give anybody lay out your clothes the night before it does something to your brain. Uh, Hmm. It works. Hmm. And you just step-by-step it, you piece it together. And instead of thinking everything is all of just, I've got to do all this. Well, we all have to do all this, but if we can just do, one step first, you know, pastor Mark, which is pastor Scott's dad. He said something that stuck with me. It's just like inch by inch, you know? And another thing he said was we don't have to be miles ahead of everyone else. We're trying to like compete against. We just have to be half a step ahead. If you're half a step ahead of people in life, they're going to think you're a genius. And that, that requires some forethought and some planning. Um, which is, you know, totally my wheelhouse and strength. <laughs> but it's just you like know, people, people think you're a genius if you're just half yeah. a step ahead of them. You know, in, so, the Oli- in the Olympics, the swimmers can win by one tenth of a second or a hundredth yeah. of a second. You know, it's just boom, you know, and whoever touches the end of the pool first, of course. But it's always a, it's amazing to me how it is so close. You just have to be. When you're competing like that, yeah, you just have to be one. It, it comes down to one hundredth of a second. And it's crazy to never talk about the person who was one hundredth of a second behind. It's not that they didn't put as much effort into it. It's just my fingers were longer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
That's amazing. So I think about like, you know, your spiritual walk with God. Like most people who um, get saved in church, they, they pray the believer's prayer, which is like, that's Christ into their heart. They automatically think, okay, I've got to change everything I do now. You know, I remember when I got saved younger, when I was younger, I was like, I have to talk different now. I have to talk like they talk. I have to dress like they dress, which sounds very cultish, <laughs> if yeah. I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> got to talk in King James English. Yeah. And it's not that way. The thing I'm coming to realize and you know, after living 41 years is I can't change anyone. That's God's job. And that really, if you think about it, takes a lot of stress off of the person, you know, committing their life, the person helping that person. Um, it's just like, let God do that work. Just put yourself around him and let him change your heart. Let him change your mind. It's not a one time, one step process. And do I think God could do that? hundred percent. He could change somebody radically overnight. Uh, but for most of us, it's not, it's not that it's a daily um, seeking after him. It's a daily, like, what does God's word have to say about this thing that I'm facing or dealing with? Or what did Jesus do when he was on earth? You know, it's a constant, like, okay, challenging your behaviors, challenging your thoughts and moving forward. It's just constantly moving forward. Um, but not putting that pressure on yourself to change, but just putting that pressure on God, because believe it or not, folks, God can handle the pressure. <laughs> Of, of helping us change. Um, so I think if people approached it that way, or if we, if the, ch we, as the church just said, Hey, listen, no, you gave your life to Christ. You know, the Bible says it's the most important decision you'll ever make, or it is the most important decision you'll ever make. Like just take it one small step at a time. You remember that movie? What about Bob? Yeah. Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus movies. And Richard Dreyfuss, his character, he's the, he's the uh, psychologist. And it's just Bill Murray's character is overwhelmed by change. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't change. I'm so, like, anxious and I'm so stressed out and blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, just take baby steps. He's like, and so once he said baby steps to this guy, it clicked. And he was just like, all I got to do is baby steps. He's like, oh, baby steps to the door, baby steps to the, you know, this, baby steps to that. And that's literally what life is about. It's just taking small steps to change. And going back to what you said about Francis Chan in five years, if you just took baby steps uh, in pursuing God, your life would be radically different than it is now. And not in a weird, like, <clears throat> I don't go from being Matt to super Christian, Matt. I go from <clears throat> Matt now to a more authentic Matt the closer I get to God. And that's, that's my, that's what I'm striving after. That's what I'm going for. It's just like, I want to be more authentic and real. And I want to present God in a way that only I can through living my life, the way that God called me to, because I can't, this is, this is the thing that frustrates me is most people watch, you know, like a Stephen Furtick or a Judah Smith or a Francis Chan, and they want to live that life but they're not called to live that life. They're called to live the life that God has called them specifically to that only like Scott Townsend can reach the people that Scott Townsend can reach better than Matt Clark can reach and vice versa. 
but if I try to do it the way you're doing it, I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to be stressed out because that's what Scott is called to, not Matt. And the closer I can get to that, um, or the better understanding I can have of that, it's like, God, what do you want me as Matt Clark to do? What can I do that nobody else can do? Um, I think that, you know, there's going to be authentic, more authenticity and more, um, more creativity as well. So there you go. I think there's a, let me hear you uh, see what you think about this. The, on the one hand, I'm hearing you say, and I totally get it, totally believe it, that it's a one step at a time. James Clear, Atomic Habits, the book talks about making 1% improvement every day, which which is atomic habits. I mean, very small incremental changes, but over time, compound. Got it. But in the Bible, you hear things, you hear phrases like run the race, uh, blah, blah, blah. And when you think of race, you think of something fast. You think of some, you know, so on the one hand, uh, you know, you're running your race and it's a competition and it's and it's a fast moving. And then on the other hand, you're talking about a slow, methodical process, no pressure. Just keep on one step at a time. How do you balance those those two? Well, Paul, the one who wrote that verse, um, if you read the story of Paul, there was a time of preparation for him before he started writing, before he started, you know, his ministry, if you want to call it that. excuse me. And so I think it was what, three years. And he was already pretty scholarly on what the Bible or the old Testament was very smart person, but still there was a time of preparation. There was a time of preparation for Jesus as well. 30 years of preparation to do three years of ministry uh, at that high of a level, which I think requires that. And most people just like, we've talked about this before, we live in a society where we want it now. So anybody mm-hmm. who talks about, you know, I'm going to have a ministry and, you know, blah, blah, blah. When they're still in school learning how to do ministry, I, I, I'm very, I steer clear of those people because no disrespect or no shade being thrown. You're not doing it for the right reasons. You know, um, the process is just as important as the ministry and the process. Mm-hmm. Write that down. <laughs> The process is just. Is that going to be the tag? That might, that might be the tag. It will definitely be the title. I think we all fall into that trap where you uh, hear an artist and you go, oh, wow, that is so cool. You know, and uh, I want to be like them. Yeah. No problem there. I mean, if you want to be a musician, great. But what you got to realize is like, take the Beatles, for example, they played in England in these little dive bars for years, every night, every night for years with no one clapping. They're just making their chops, man. They're just working out songs and trying to figure out how to play with each other and, um, you know, hone their instruments and their skills. 
Nobody wants to do that. Oh, and there was another golfer. He uh, he was uh, a PGA pro. Can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, uh, as he walked by one of the people in the galley, the person, he heard someone say, man, I'd give anything if I could play like that. And he turned around and he looked at him and said, no, you wouldn't. And the mm-hmm. guy goes, oh, yes, I would. Oh, yes, I would. He said, no, you wouldn't. He goes, what do you mean I wouldn't? He said, you you won't be out here tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> if it's raining, dark, fog, snow, yeah. and hit a 1,000 golf balls until your hands bleed. Yep. And then go play another you know, 18 holes of golf after that every day. He said, you won't do that. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a similar story. Um, and you can cut and edit this if you want, leave it in, take it out. That's the Doris who owns United Linen. Okay. Now the owner of a company works really hard, you know, to get to be the owner of a company, but the way he came by owning the company is that there was a lot of tragedy and suffering that went along with it. And for those of you who don't know the story, he became the owner of United Linen because his parents and uncle aunt and uncle passed away who used to run the company. And so there were many nights where it was just like 4.30 in the morning, still at the plant, sorting through, trying to figure out how they're going to get things done and all these all these things that happen over years of time. And then finally, over years, they find a formula that works and they apply it. And you know, and now Matt Sidoris drives a nice car, drives a nice truck, uh, has a nice house, which he's totally entitled to because he, you know, he put in that effort. And I remember talking to one of the employees when I worked there where they said, you know, he should share some of that money with us. To which I responded, well, you have a job here, so he is kind of sharing it with you. Um, and just people saying dumb comments of just like, well, he should do this for us and blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking like, you don't know what he had to go through to get to where he is because she made the comment, he drives these nice vehicles and blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you want to pay the price he paid to be able to drive a brand new Ford truck? I mean, come on, seriously. Um, it's not like we're talking about a Rolls Royce or anything. Yeah. yeah. And you can't even show up to work on time, (laughs) you know, and you're not willing to stay late when it's hot outside, you know, it's just all these things. People, people want the finished product, but they don't want to go through the process. Yeah. Yeah. I want this. Here's what I want. You know, has this journey of my faith been easy? No, not at all. Have there been some ups and downs? Yes, there's been probably more ups than downs, but the downs <laughs> seem like they worse seem like they were worse than they are. Um, but I'll be able to minister through all of it, you know, because of it, not in spite of it. There's many, you know, you learn from good leaders and you learn from bad leaders. Um, it's just how you choose to approach it and how you choose to view it and move forward through it. Um, that's important. The process is important and most people are not willing to pay the price. They just want the results like they had. And so I don't want to hear, uh, I don't want I don't want a preacher or a pastor or somebody talking to me about something they haven't gone through. It's hard for me to listen to those people. Mm-hmm. Like I've never experienced this myself. But here's what the Bible says, and you should apply these principles too. Oh, okay. 
cool. You know, come back to me when you've, you've had issues in your marriage or come back to me when you've struggled with addiction or come back to me when you've really faced some adversity. Um, and then let's talk, you know, I want to talk to somebody who's been through it. I want to talk to somebody who has gone through the emotional wreck wreckage that is life. Tell me how you got through it because I'm not asking you to get me to where you are right now. I want you to tell me what you did through the, because I'm in the process. Tell me how you got to where you're at so that I can navigate the process. Maybe a little easy, easier uh, Mm -hmm. than I'm doing right now. Most people who are married for 20 plus years have experienced adversity in their marriage. Uh, I want to talk to those people. (laughs) You're not going to go to a couple who's been married a year and say, Hey, tell me about your marriage and how I can have a good one. Cause guess what? They have no clue. Um, they have a year's experience. I want to talk to somebody with 20 plus years experience. You're right. And tell me, <laughs> tell me how to raise my kids. You, you know, you don't have kids and you're telling me how I should do treat. My right. Kids. Yeah. Shut, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> that, that uh, is a good, uh, uh, promo for men's group. Um, it's talking about maybe shift gears here just for a second, swing over to the uh, just men's group in general. I think that's one of the benefits of, of this men's group in particular, and I'm sure for all in general, is that you surround yourself with guys uh, that have uh, experience that you need, but yeah. you don't have it yet. And so, you know, we've got guys that are in their 60s and we got guys that are in their early 20s. And so <clears throat> there's all kinds of perspectives there and someone can pipe up and say, you know, I've, I'm, I'm getting a divorce or we're talking about getting a divorce. Uh, we're talking about death in the family. We're talking about financial, whatever, um, how, how to raise kids. And chances are there's somebody in that group that has had experience in that and can speak to that. Oh, yeah. Sure. So that's kind of nice to have, uh, that's, uh, it's kind of like the nights of the round table. It's, it, there's all kinds of experience there and <clears throat> they can help each other, both, both from a, a biblical standpoint, but also from a very practical experiential yeah. pro, uh, 100%. perspective. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have guys just starting the process. We have guys in the process and we have guys who have gotten through the process and we have guys that have gotten through the process who have failed, which is, I mean, we look at failure as a bad thing in society, but failure is a good thing. If you choose to learn from that failure and keep moving. Um, Mic drop. That's another teaser there. Yeah, I'm just, I got it today. Man, you're dropping gold when, here. <laughs> when, when we were having trouble setting up this Zoom call, I was just like, man, this must, this is going to be a good one because something's fighting us to not do this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So you're so, you're so true. You're so right. We talked about that in one of two men, men's meetings ago. Talking about, uh, um, you know, have a, I have a grandchild now, Amelia cutest baby in the world. Sorry. just had to say that little plug, but anyway, I support it. Yeah. She, uh, she struggles 
to um, hold her head up because she's like five months old. She's going to struggle to roll over. She's going to struggle to walk. She's going to struggle to talk. But <clears throat> do we call these failures? No. Oh, she failed walking today. No, she's trying. She's practicing. She's struggling. And we don't think a thing. We expect that. But then somehow as we get older, we don't want to go through the struggle anymore. We don't want to go through the practice. We just want to do. And we want to do things that we've never done before. So, and so we have a problem with struggle and the word failure and practice. And, and, And so you don't want to fail because you don't want to fail in front of everybody else. Well, if you're in baseball and in practice, a fly ball gets popped and the guy in the outfield goes back and he misses it. Okay. You tried your hardest. Okay. You didn't catch the ball. You, you, I guess you could say you failed in catching the ball. So let's do it again. This is the place to do this. This is, this is the time to practice and to struggle and to learn how to position yourself. Uh, The guy could throw his glove down and say, I failed. I'm I'm out of here. And everybody would look at him like, are you crazy? You know, yeah. let's do it again. Let's do it again. Batters, same way. I mean, they just keep swinging. They keep swinging and practice until they learn how to connect and how to connect with different pitches. And then it starts getting really tricky. I, I don't know. I, we, we have such a horrible uh, a relationship with a failure, but failure is actually a, a sweet gift that shows us how something didn't work. So now we know what to do next time. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? How about, how about marriage? I love the fact how about that it? We, we have a 21 year old newlywed in our group. Yeah. And we get the opportunity. Like, so there's going to come a point in time where he brings something to the table where it's just like, I said this and she, and all of us are just going to be like, Oh, you shouldn't have said that, man. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> You know, because why? Because we've all failed at that. We've all oh, yeah. said the thing we shouldn't have said. I remember one time I was in an argument with Laura and um, she was having uh, this is a long time ago. So the statute of limitations on this is has lifted. Yeah. So hopefully I can say this, but <laughs> she was having an issue with her sisters this is, again, years and years ago. Right. And I made the wise choice of saying, well, maybe you're the problem. And and like in the moment, just thinking like, this is the best thing I can say right now. And it was not the best thing I could say. (laughs) was not received well, I'm sure. No, I mean, I wouldn't want to hear that. I mean, if I could, if myself now could be in that moment, I would have punched myself in the mouth. (laughs) Oh, Matt. Yeah. And so, and so the guy sitting around the table, when this individual brings a problem, we can probably all instantly identify the problem, identify yeah. the solution and move on. Whereas they're in the, they're in the, Oh my God, what do I do phase? And we're like a mile ahead going, look, it's not going to be, it's not that big a deal. Just do this. Boom, boom, boom. You're done. Yeah. That's why you surround yourself with guys that have been down the road. Yeah. And that is community and that's church. That is, that is a group of guys who care about this 21 year old saying, Hey, we want you to have a good marriage. We want you to be, you know, spiritually mature in this moment. That's why we're going to share with you all of it's not wisdom is failure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wisdom comes from 
failing. I don't want to mess up anymore. So instead of doing it this way over and over again, which is the definition of what crazy sanity, I'm going to, I'm going to try different. I'm going to do something different. And it's just, you know, I'm just getting to the end of teenagers. So I have a 15 and a 17 year old and, you know, there's, there's going to be more learning on both of us, like on Harrison and Grant and myself, there's many times where I've had to tell them like, Hey, I, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Um, they're at that stage in life where it's just like, you don't know what you're talking about, dad, you know? And it's just, I've, I've heard so many people say like, just, you just got to let it go. They'll come back to you. Trust me. So many people have told me that. And so instead of just being like, well, he needs to listen to me now, I'm just going to have to wait it out, you know? But on the other hand, I've learned so much from my kids as I'm mm-hmm. sure you have, where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know what, you were right on that. And instead of me being a, a, uh, you know, just somebody who's so strong headed, I'm going to listen to you 17 year old. We're going to see how this plays out. And you know what? They've been right about some things. They've been wrong about some things, but so have I. Um, But wisdom is failure. It's just, it's not. People are wise because they have lived life. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And it's just like, hey, I don't want you to mess up. So let me tell you all about every mistake I've ever made. Um, I had a guy one time. Now I was, you know, I get made fun of this at the church because I talk about it all the time, but it's where I got my training for ministry. I was in the restaurant industry for 10 plus years. Let me tell you what a leadership failure that was on my part so many times where I was just, you know, when you first go into leadership and you don't have a good understanding of what leadership is, you think, oh, I have the title. They have to listen to what I'm saying. You quickly find out that that's not the truth and they will turn on you in a split second. What leadership really is, is these people trust me because I have a relationship with them. So when I say something, they are more likely to do it because there is a relationship, you know? And again, we're, we're facing this right now. And, you know, when I, one of my son's baseball teams, it's just, there's somebody in leadership and I'm not even mad at the person because they're young. I can just see he's being this way. He's being the way he is because he doesn't truly grasp what leadership is. Right. He has no relationship with these kids other than, you know, practice in the baseball field, but he expects them to listen to him. Like he is, you know, this great leader who has all this baseball knowledge. Um, it's just learning from past failures. That's all it is. So all of my restaurant training uh, has taught me how to deal with many people because I didn't deal with people the right way the first time. So I get a second chance at doing that every day, you know, um, telling people what to do before I had a relationship with them didn't go well, but the more I had a relationship with these people, the more they listened to me and they were they trusted what I was saying because they see me on a daily basis. And I'm, you know, not trying to beat a dead horse here, but there was just relationships built. So they were more trustworthy of what it is I was saying. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting that we have uh, three coaches in the group. Uh, But really we have uh, all of us, I guess, could be coaches in one way or another when it comes to being able to help somebody with a problem. 
Mm-hmm. But the good thing about the coach, the good thing about having a coach in Tiger Woods at this stage still has a coach. I mean, it's amazing. You would think, no, you don't need one. And they still value the need for a coach. So <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, if we'll just listen, and we talked about this last week, listen, then obey. Um, if we'll listen and do what they tell us to do, they, it's not a shortcut, but it is a, they can really help you avoid some bear traps. They can help you uh, be successful quicker. I mean, if I had a batting coach and they, I'm going to swing the bat, but a guy comes up and says, here, hold it like this and then step into, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so you do that. They're just telling you that because they know this is, this is how it works out. I mean, it's going to work yeah. out to your benefit if you'll do these things. And so you try it out and pretty soon you're, you're miles ahead of where you were because you listened to the coach. My favorite show of all time. And this is going to tell you how nerdy I am is the West wing. Like oh, yeah. I, I watched that show on repeat. I don't know what it is. My family hates it. They think it's the most boring show on TV, <laughs> but it just, there's something about this show that it was written so well. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I, I will probably watch anything that guy writes because he's so good at like crafting dialogue. And so there's this one scene where um, one of the president's staff has to meet with a psychologist because he just had this traumatic experience and he thinks he's going to lose his job over it. But the uh, chief of staff, hires the psychologist to come in and find out that he has PTSD. And his response is, well, PTSD is not something that you get to have and still work for the president. And so he leaves that, you know, psychologist's office. He comes out and he finds the chief of staff there waiting for him late at night. And he says, what are you doing here? He's like, I was just waiting for you. And so he's just, he's just waiting to get fired. And he says, the chief of staff tells him the story. He says, guy's walking down the street and he falls into a pit and he's just sitting in the pit. He can't get out. And a priest walks by and he's like, hey, minister, can you get me out of this, this pit? And the priest just writes a prayer and throws it down to him. Um, another guy walks by. Same thing. It's just he doesn't really help him. And his friend walks by. He says, hey, you know, can you help me out of this pit? And the friend jumps in the pit with him. And the guy's response is like, what are you doing now? We're both stuck down here. And the guy responds with, I've been in this pit before. I know the way out. And it just kind of goes to show you, it's just like, you know, Mm. there's people who have gone ahead of us who know things, you know, whether it be in the church, in your spiritual walk with God, in your personal life, in a job and relationships that have gone this way before. And if we would just listen to some of the things that they've done, um, and some of the hard falls they've had, again, it's not a shortcut. It's just like, hey, avoid this area right here because you're going to spend a lot of time you don't need to spend here. Mm-hmm. Just divert and go go this direction instead. This is what I did to not do that. And trust me, if I would have had that when I was newly married, that would have made my life a lot easier. But I'm stubborn and I like to learn by myself. But mm-hmm. don't we all? I wouldn't say I'm the wisest married person out there because there's still some hard-headed things that I try to pull with Laura. Um, and let me tell you this. I married the right person because she doesn't back down. I don't even try to argue with her. <laughs> I don't even try. Uh, oh, but there's some, there's some people in my life that, you know, 
her grandfather pulled me aside one day and he said, listen, they tend to point out things that are obvious and you're going to take it as them attacking you. But in their minds, it's just, Hey, this is just what I see. I don't hate you for it. I don't think you're a bad person, but he says, just listen. It makes it a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Truer words were never spoken. Mm. How many times I've fallen into that trap where Celeste starts talking to me. And I'll say, well, here, here's how you do it. She goes, no, I just want to talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, and okay. That's like nails on a chalkboard too. Yeah. (laughs) But I, you know what I've, I've done, I've done, I've done so well at this lately. Um, I'm just going to pat myself on the back because Laura just started a new phase of her job and she's been stressing out about it. And I'm not saying I've been awesome, like you know, but she sent me a text this morning that said, I'm finally starting to figure this out. And I responded with, I never had a doubt in my mind. <laughs> oh man. You get a gold star. Yeah. You got some gold yeah. stars coming I'll your take way. A gold star any day. You're right. I guess the last thing, uh, the men's group, uh, I was going to go into the outpost and stuff, but a shout out to Jude and the outpost. They do a great job hosting us. Yes. Um, that Jude outpost, and Sophie. huh? Jude and Sophie. I don't want to leave Sophie out. She does a killer job. And Morgan. And Morgan. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Brandon, I think. Is it yeah. Braden? Braden or Brandon? Braden? I think anyway. it's Brandon. So this outpost, uh, just real quick. It was a gas station. It's probably one of the most unique uh, coffee shops uh, designed by, I don't know, what's the story there? The story is, so there's a guy who works at Phillips. Uh, His hobby was roasting coffee. And uh, he was just like, I mean, I got the brief version. He roasted coffee, has a buddy who works in, works for Apple who is also an architect and they just kind of redesigned the building to kind of keep that same feel as the old building, but add some newer, you know, so it was, it was a garage. It was a mechanics shop. So yeah, two car mechanic shop, two car bay. Yeah. Two bays. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's one of the cool. I mean, I, I had this idea. I wish I was a millionaire because I would go all over, all over and just buy up little old gas stations and turn them into outposts. There's your franchise. There's your franchise. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, anything else? I think uh, the book was good overall. I uh, learned a lot. It's, it's helped to uh, change uh, several, many, many lives. Uh, I know a lot of lives in our group. Um, you know, in five years, a lot of, the last thing I wrote down here is, is, is we should happen to life instead of life happening to us. It's good. And I think that's uh, too many times, myself included, we just kind of sit back and let life happen instead of having a plan and applying change and, you know, like, you know, like lifting weights in five years, where are you going to be? Are you going to be the same schlub on the couch or, or are you going to have thinner waist, bigger biceps, whatever, you know, run longer, faster. It's up to you. yeah. So anyway, last words from Matt Clark. 
No, I, I it gave you everything I had. <laughs> You're done. You're spent. Well, I'll, I'll say That's this. Good. That's good. Well, anytime you don't feel like doing something, it's usually when it's the best time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like working out. And just be honest with me, Scott. And this is not me saying I don't like doing this. Right. There are times where we don't feel like doing this, you know, right. but we're committed to doing it. And every time I don't feel like doing it, it's always the best one, mm-hmm. you know? So I appreciate you asking me to do this. This has been fun cool. and awesome. So are we going to continue it on once we get into the Gospels? I mean, you know, I think uh, I think we probably should. Hey, if you're listening out there and you want us to continue, leave a comment. Tell Matt. If you see Matt, say, hey, stop it or keep it going. If you see me, say, stop it or keep it going. Send an email, scott at scotttownsend.info. Love to hear feedback from you guys. We've had we've heard some good feedback up to this point. Yeah. Um, should we keep it going? Should we not? Maybe do a poll? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But whether you uh, like it or not, we're gonna keep doing it. Because <laughs> yeah. we're stubborn. Yeah, we're just uh yeah, just we're just stringing you guys along. No, not really. Uh what Jocko Willink book are you reading? Um it's like principles of leadership or something. It's a very like short read. Like it doesn't have a lot per page. Is it like uh discipline equals freedom or I think so. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Right. Okay, cool. All right. Well, Matt, thanks for stepping in and not giving up when uh, the link didn't work. I don't know why that didn't work, but anyway, we made it work. No biggie. Yeah. We need to do this live. I would like to know if people, not live, but together. same. Actually, room. live might be interesting, too. I think that would actually be cool. I've only done live once. How'd it go? Ah, it was fine. I mean, it, it was fine. Well, we had some people watch. Uh, this was a long, this was like five years ago. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it would be fun to do a live one. Maybe next week we do a live one. Where would we do it live? I guess Facebook Live. I don't know. Wherever. But I definitely want to be in the same room with you. I think it'd be cool. Okay. We will work that out. All right, Matt. Well, from Matt Clark, thanks for joining. We'll start over and we'll get that out. That stuck. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so. Uh, hey, do so- the turn away. You got to do the turn away. You're not going to oh. be able to do it. Yeah. So- So for Matt Clark, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for watching, listening to the Scott Townsend Show. Have a great day. Everything's going to be all right. And we'll talk to you later. The Scott Townsend Show is a Dietzo Man production. For more episodes, visit the Scott Townsend Show YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Scott Townsend Show.